0: The temperature is nice and warm in the Boiling Point podcast studio. So come on in, get cozy, and let's enjoy the conversation. We empower leaders through thoughtful discussions to positively impact our world. Our host, Dave Vale, founder and CEO of Vision Coaching Inc., is highlighting how we can thrive in business communities. Our conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, and inspirational storytellers are shining a spotlight on empowerment. Joining Dave this week is our special guest host, Emily Rogers. Let's join the conversation with Dave and Emily.
1: Okay, well, welcome back listeners to The Bowling Point. I uh, am honored to have my co-host, Emily Rogers, back with... How many episodes have we done now, Emily?
2: I think we are episode seven.
1: Okay. Um and you've been a guest and then you're now, you know, co-hosting. How's it going so far as a co-host? I love it.
2: I get to chat with incredibly interesting people and ask questions that I want to know the answer to. <laughs> Should
1: I be thinking more about the listeners? <laughs> no, you, no, I saw, you're I, you're like a pro. Um and and we're going to bring our guest in in a second <clears throat> and um but what I wanted to touch on was you then we were talking with the guests about you know your background stuff and 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 you know this documentary and i was just thinking i never i didn't i'd love to get an update on where things are at and uh
2: if you can't like i mean share what you can share and um if there's if there are any updates There are. So the the, uh, film festival version of the documentary Cadence is now out there in the film festival world. So I've uh, done some with Greg Hemmings. We've done some private screenings so far. We have a couple of um, large film festivals coming up, as well as private organizations who have um, are bringing in the film. And some of them are going to be public speaking at, which is really awesome as well. And so that is yeah making its rounds. We also did just sign um, with CBC. They are going to air a one-hour version of the documentary. Uh, so the oh. Hemingway's production team is putting together the edit for that.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm not yeah. what you shared with me. I guess it was kind of confidentially because I couldn't. I don't think you know we had to be careful who we shared it with. I think it was like in advance. Yeah. was uh, amazing and i'd like to share it with our guests i'm going to bring in here if you're okay with that because i he, am he find it fascinating um so our guest is his name is ron Vale. we share the same last name and he happens to be my father and he is a uh, an interesting character and he's got and i've been wanting to bring him on uh, a number of times and you know thinking what capacity and and and, and dad uh, ron um uh, and I, I let him know about 30 seconds ago that he he's introduced himself. And, and although um, I'm a product of, of dad, we have very different ways of, of being in the world. And so he'd be more of a preparer than I would. Um, so we, we, can, we can go in a whole bunch of things, but I have a specific thing I'd like to talk with him about, but I think it's more comfortable talking to you now, dad, because you um, are retired uh, chief justice. And, um, but over to you to, to, to uh, maybe do your, your intro. Uh, uh, outside of
3: being my father okay um well look i think the important thing is to put a context on it and uh that is that i've spent the uh the last uh, 48 years in uh, the yukon and um that's really a, a small wonderful beautiful place but it um it is an important context to understand whatever view i may express but uh so i've been a lawyer for um 28 years practicing lawyer in Whitehorse. I was, uh, articled in Toronto, but and went to law school in Toronto. But uh, certainly uh, practiced for 28 years in Whitehorse and did, you know, family law, personal injury, um, residential school cases, um, stuff like that. And uh, then I I've been a, a judge for uh, for 20 years and um, and retired for I guess uh, a year and a half. So that sort of sums it up. I have a. A loving wife of uh, fifty-two years, and uh, I had to tell Kip she had to go upstairs and not interfere with this. But uh, and then two sons, of course, Dave being the eldest, and uh, John being uh, the younger. But uh, and John's uh, a lawyer in, in Toronto.
1: Yeah, and he owns a legal recruiting firm, Vision Legal Recruiting, and uh, he he is uh, he's a
3: force. Indeed, um, yeah, both forces.
1: OK, well, that's yeah, I don't know, that's that's an interesting way to describe us both uh, in a very different way, I would think. Um, but here's But what's interesting is if you look at the artwork behind Ron, dad, Ron, um, you're, is there, those are Yukon, Yukon uh, artists on his uh, that side. Ken Anderson, dad.
3: Yeah, he's one.
1: Um, he did that carving. He's a guy I played hockey with. Actually, he's quite famous. Uh, and then the others of the tombstones. And Ron and I hiked up there. And if no, one, if people aren't familiar with the tombstones, um, it's a, a like a, just a magical place, part of the Yukon. You have to go up the Dempster Highway, I believe, Dad. And uh, and we did a hike. Um, and uh, it, I, I mean, the the one thing I remember is um, is we we got up there. We were, we had driven up, you know, it's like six hours north to Whitehorse, and uh, and and Ron forgot his book, and he's like, "You got a book to him? I need a book." So it was really important to get a book. Like you need a book to <laughs> have something to do in the tent. Yeah, and then and and we we hiked the first day, and we and there's no it's just we just have a map of topography, I guess is the way to describe it. Wow. There's no actual trail, and we were both so exhausted, and it was this horrible weather, and somehow we pitched the tent, and and I was out like light because I think I was partying all night before, and uh, and then I remember get waking up the light because you bought a little uh, a little book from the from a gas station on the way. (laughs) Um but a funny personal story. But um
2: so Emily meet Ron, Ron, meet Emily. Yeah, Ron, so nice to meet you. And so are you in St. John now?
3: Yes, yes. We're 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 down here doing the uh the Christmas visit.
2: Nice.
3: And we usually we I guess we have come down for the last I don't know how many years, five, 10 years, always at Christmas and easier for us to come down here than for families to troop to the Yukon yeah
2: Yeah. and you and I were chatting briefly before we started recording about my passions of of outdoors and uh, you said yeah the Yukon I said I know that is a place that has been on my heart to to get to
1: you'll get there I will no doubt no doubt and actually um, we should share some of your your stuff with with Ron in terms of fly fishing and some of the cool places you've been around the world um, so, uh, so one one of the things I wanted to talk about, like, so we, you got two executive coaches um, you're talking with here, and um, and when I I got out of Royal Roads um, program in 2005, it would have been, I said, you know, Ron, I think, you know, who could really benefit from coaching is um, lawyers, and you said there's no who to
3: hire a coach, Dave, just get, you know, and, and. Okay. Okay. Dave, I've given up all that. I, I agree. Everybody needs a coach. Wayne Gretzky <laughs> had a coach. I'm with yeah. you. Uh,
1: yeah. So, so, but, when, but it was, but it was, it was, you, you were just being honest about what you were, you know, like, and, and so we subsequently seen like professions start to really embrace. And it's just, it's just more recently than anything. Like I referenced to uh, stuff we're doing with physicians as an example. And, um, and so, but what's interesting is I would say the work you're doing now, you know, after retiring, um, you're using a coach approach to um, dispute, um, you know, to, to, to alternative dispute resolution, which is and maybe you can tell listeners who aren't familiar and remember I I, I did say this before I ran out of the house and I was late getting here by the way um, that um, I did I did say remember a lot of listeners will be non-lawyers meaning the, the the, the population of the world that doesn't have the, the, there's only a small percentage of the population in the world that actually has uh, a legal um, background. So um, for the non lawyers, what does that mean alternative
3: um, dispute resolution? Well, what it is, is if you put it in the context of a court case where each party has a lawyer and they start to do their communication through their lawyers. So you know what happens that you speak to your lawyer Your lawyer speaks to the other lawyer and the other lawyer speaks to his client. So you're going in this securitist, I think I've got the right word communication. And, uh, and essentially what mediation is and what it has in common with coaching is you get the power back to the people that really count at the table. And, uh, I, I always try and mediate with lawyers present. I, I find that advantageous, um, because they will ultimately do the agreement that results. But what you're doing is you're setting up um, direct, uh, honest uh, and uh, respectful communication between the parties, because you know how easy it is to, you know, when you're living. Well, if you're doing a family law matter with your spouse or you're doing it with a business partner or you're doing it with anyone else, you know, there are certain things that trigger you and everybody gets off track. And the advantage of having a mediator is that you just have an independent third party that sort of supervises the conversation, keeps it respectful, and keeps it on issue. Because there's always that great tendency eh, to say, well, you know, you did this, you know, well, you know, those things aren't necessarily relevant to the dispute at hand. So I don't know if I've, uh, in a word, it's communication, and putting the power back to the parties that are in dispute, rather than having a lawyer say, here's what you do,
1: mm. or,
3: you know, that sort of approach. So it's very similar to coaching in the sense, because that's what you try and do. You try and draw your client out to make the decisions that move the client forward, I think. How does that strike you,
1: Emily?
2: Yeah, it was, it, it, yeah, 100%. It, um, yeah, that, that's what coaching is. Okay.
1: Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, and so like when in your career, like you're now retired, but you haven't been retired for that long and being a judge and being a lawyer for that long, I would, and this is entirely an assumption, but that it was kind of more of always that opposite of approach of telling versus kind of helping other people draw out ways you're that right. they can resolve it on their own.
3: Well, Emily, Emily you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the adversarial approach is what is so often driving legal disputes. Um, of course, there's now collaborative law and all sorts of things and mediation. But I I took a mediation course um, 25, 30 years ago, and, and I came out of that course so enriched in terms of the mediation process that I thought it was going to be the end of litigation, that there wouldn't be any more court disputes, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is highly unrealistic, but nevertheless it was so wonderful to get two parties in a win-win instead of a win-lose situation. And at the end of it, everybody's, you know, thanking you for participating and so on. It was just a so much more enriching experience than the practice of law and litigation can be.
1: Was that, was that like the early days of mediation? Like how, like, where does it, where are the origins?
3: Well, the origins, I, I think the, I, I don't know. I always think back to, uh, Harvard, and they were running courses back in the 80s, I think, and uh, I think that's when mediation picked up. But the fact is that you know mediation's probably been around for a long time, but it I think the focus really started in the 80s and then in the 90s, and and we now even in the in the court system in in Whitehorse and across the country we have something called Mediarb, where it proceeds on a negotiation or a mediation basis, but if they don't reach an agreement. The judge makes a decision and um, it's a, you know, and that's sort of a twist on, on the old process. Mediation doesn't solve every problem. There are a number of reasons. Some people don't want an agreement. Some people just can't reach an agreement. Some people are, are uncomfortable with reaching an agreement. There are a whole variety of reasons that people, uh, mediation is not successful. So it's not successful for every court action that's out there There are some court actions where there are human rights involved. And sometimes you can't mediate those, you know, those there's either a right or a wrong and people want to continue on in court. So there are a variety of reasons why mediation won't work. But where you have two parties that are volunteering to mediate, you can very often get a successful conclusion.
1: It's it's not the way like Emily, would you agree that, um... Or, um, you know, like I, here's, I mean, I grew up clearly with around lawyers. Right. And, and, uh, and so you had to be, for you, I had to be, you had to be pretty sharp at the dinner table. If you're going to bring it, you know, you had to have some, at least some facts with you, you know, because <laughs> they would just like, like slice and dice you. Right. And still do. Um, and so we, and we have a lot of healthy debates, um, in our, in our family and it's, it's wonderful. Um, but when I would say to someone, you know, like a client, maybe your situation, say, hey, you know, you should really think of contacting a lawyer or um, I, I feel like a lot of people just feel nervous by that and, and, and uncomfortable with it. And did, is that your perspective? Like, like just, I'm just curious of, you know, where you, know, where you would come from uh, or the idea of, you know, um, just, you know, entering that whole legal the process, if you will.
2: Yeah. And, and it, um, you know, I certainly do not have much experience being in the legal uh, process of stuff, but one of my car accidents, I mean, that was a very long court case to get my medical expenses covered that happened in the States. And for me, it very much felt like I was always a victim of something and that it was always going to be a matter of someone wins and someone loses, Interesting, and so, that's just that's why. Yeah, that's that was my experience. Well, that's okay. so that's your that, as a client, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was
1: wondering about that when I was coming and thinking about this. So I did actually give this some thought beforehand, Dad, um, but I was thinking of like your you you know I was and I was going to ask you the question, but you brought it up. But how you know you there's no doubt that you had lawyers involved in, in trying to resolve the injuries you know, and, 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 you know, who was responsible, right. For the car.
2: That, yeah. You
1: know, backs are being run over essentially.
2: Yeah. And, and to the point that it was such a, I mean, the driver was 100% at fault, ran a stop sign and, but it was such a daunting and long drawn out experience for me that at my next car accident, even though it was not my fault again, I, did not pursue anything with it because I thought, oh my gosh, I could not imagine going down that road again.
3: Do you hear that, Dad? Like, that's, I yeah, didn't know. No, that's, uh, that's very interesting. And I totally understand that because if, if you, um, you have an accident, and this is a very typical uh, mediation, quite frankly, personal injury now, a lot of it is done by mediation rather than actually having a trial. However, lawyers do get involved because you have to evaluate the injury, you know, evaluate the liability and so on. But in the classic one where the other person's totally at fault, it's usually just a question of working out the dollars. But mediation is a way of of reducing the legal costs, reducing the legal time. One of the disadvantages, and I don't like to be critical of the court process, but it does take a lot of time and it does take a lot of money to, uh, to run a litigation. And uh, the advantage of mediation is that you can cut that short and move into mediation as soon as you feel comfortable with knowing what the extent of your injury is, and uh, you know, and, and you know that you know the the liability quite often is fairly clear, or even where it's divided, you can still get into mediation earlier rather than later. Hmm.
1: Well, it's, but it almost sounds like you felt like it was kind of like you're, you know, like. Um, they use the word victim, but it's like, it, so it didn't, it didn't build you up or resolve things. And you're probably dealing with a bunch of injuries. And then, and, you know, and I think of how many people that might be on the wrong side of something, car accident or assault or whatever it may be. And, you know, how much capacity we have to actually go through the process, like, you know, like you went through.
2: Yeah, for sure. And and you know, I remember of for me it was a matter of getting my medical bills covered, because it happened in Arizona. And then you start thinking, oh, how much is how much are these lawyer fees gonna be? Like where how is this gonna even itself out? And I mean, just so many things that come up. And I, I look at coaching and a coach approach and maybe even a mediation approach, Ron. I'm thinking of almost feeling like that kind of feels like a safer environment for a client.
3: It, you know, it's definitely a safer environment for a client. And in the 20 years that I was in the Supreme Court of Yukon, we we virtually made everybody try mediation before they would get to a trial date. Um, but that doesn't mean you haven't done one or two years or been cross-examined by a lawyer. And, and those are all things that are difficult. And w- when there's mediation everybody tones it down a lot because what you're trying to do is come to a win-win situation where everybody can, you know, bring finality. And, uh, and that's the other key to mediation is that if you get a mediated agreement, you have finality. And mm. there's, you know, there's very unlikely to be, you know, a, a court of appeal challenge or something like that. But in in normal litigation, you know, you might win a trial and then somebody says, well, we're going to appeal. I mean, it you know, becomes sort of a never ending process from your perspective.
1: That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that. That makes a lot of sense. Right. Because, you know, that's, that's nerve wracking for a judge, isn't it? When you, when you, when you, um, you come, you know, you, you, you make a decision and then it gets appealed. I've, I've known you, you know, you to bring that up with, you know, a mention to us or me, Oh my gosh, it's going to appeal. Uh, you know, you know, I wonder how this will turn out. Right. And, and kind of that, that concern, which can, in can can actually mess with the process in a way if 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 a judge isn't going to be you know it has that concern
3: yeah and a lot of people you know if they have an injury for example y- you can't even get over the injury and put it behind you until the court process resolves and uh and that's a uh, an impediment to getting on and enjoying life and you know dealing with the injury or whatever the situation is is that your experience Emily?
2: yeah it really was it um You know, I, I suffered a lot of PTSD after my accident from, from the collision, but I also think that some of the like kind of little T trauma I experienced just through going through litigation and all of that type of stuff that it in some ways did impede my physical and emotional recovery because it is it's always being brought back up there's constantly those reminders of stuff it's like you get a stack of medical records and you get it and it's like oh yeah wow okay this happened here we are back again and and I just remember so many times just saying like I'm done I don't even care how this ends I'm done which is why yeah second accident around it was like nope (laughs) not going down
1: that road psychologically it's just you didn't want to yeah that makes a lot of sense it's so interesting um so when you when you dad when you learned about mediation um then you it feels like kind of like when I I first really understood coaching I was like you know this is going to change the world and you know what I mean like I was so excited and passionate about getting out there and 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 you would have you know yeah dad I can you know coach all the lawyers and, you know, and, and, and then I started to re- recognize as I kind of matured into the business that, you know, there's a place where it fits and you brought up and there's a place where it doesn't fit and the importance of, of, you know, actually assessing ahead if, you know, someone going to benefit from this or, you know, the up to the experience and, and not everyone is. And for a variety of reasons, it's not making them wrong or anything, but how was how that like, you know, to get to the point where you uh, in the Supreme court of Yukon, encourage people to start with mediation like that that didn't just happen overnight
3: that was a that was probably uh it took some time to to implement it you mean or
1: yeah to implement it but just to get people on board but but you know like the realities of like you know you coming out of um of was it the bc justice institute they did the mediation course you coming out of that course and thinking oh my gosh this is the end of litigation right like that feeling and then the reality setting in that well no it's going to take some time for this to gain traction.
3: Well I think I think it does take time to uh, to gain traction because if someone's unfamiliar with the concept um you know they're, they're they're not going to leap into it um so the their lawyer has to do a lot of explaining about the value of it and uh it's um and it's really important and I think you know the other thing I want to say which is really interesting is that one of the many, many disputes. So Emily talked about what I call a one-off. She had an accident with, you know, Joe Blow, goes through a stop sign. That's a one-off in the sense of you're never going to meet that person again. But in family law, where you're having disputes about assets and children, children in particular, you're going to be dealing with that subject for the next 20 years or more. And One thing that mediation does, and I assume that coaching would do too, is that it's helpful to give the parties a context for respectful communication, because one of the big things in mediation is, you know, you you tell the lawyers to, you know, be there, but not interfere with this and let the clients actually do the talking. So, and it depends. I mean, a lot of the times you do need the lawyers to talk, but you don't want the lawyers to run it. You want the people to say how they feel. And you want it. the incredible thing is that when you get into litigation, you can't talk to the other side. That's the first rule. Every lawyer will say, look, please don't communicate with the other side because they'll use it against us in court. So all of a sudden, communication stops. Mm-hmm. And what's so wonderful is that you get the two parties in a room. They're looking at each other and communication starts again. And they go, oh, I didn't know you meant that. I thought when you did this, that that meant that. And, you know, they have this wonderful experience about, you know, civil communication. And, um, and that's, what's so key. So, so people that have agreements or disputes that are going to be living together or, you know, living in the same community or in the same business, there's real advantages to uh, mediation because you're going to have a long-term relationship and you don't want to destroy it by having a five-year court action and, spending lots of time and money in court. So
2: true.
3: Hi, I'm
1: Steve Yurko.
0: And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, 4Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub and so many more.
2: Was there a shift that happened for you, Ron, like prior to you practicing mediation where you thought, oh gosh, it's gotta be a different way.
3: I, yeah, I know. I, I think what what happened to me is I have to be quite frank is that as a lawyer, you, you see the two sides and, and I kept on going, you know, I, I can see the resolution point on this, you know, but I have to play the adversarial game and uh you know keep going on the adversarial game and and you can't get down to um you know people are um before mediation became as strong as it is today uh, a lawyer would be afraid to make an offer because it would look weak mm. right so so you have to get over all of those issues and be able to uh to say, hey, look, you know, can we resolve this? Save our clients a lot of money and time. So, but from a personal basis, it was so much nicer to, you know, make offers and and go to the resolution rather than, you know, spend the five years duking it out in court. And uh, you know that way. And I I I really started to like that. And you'll you'll talk to family law lawyers today in any community in Canada, and there are those that are highly litigious you know, going as far as they can go, as, as much money as their client has to spend. And there are those that are collaborative. So a lot of family law lawyers now, and in the Yukon, most family law lawyers are collaborative, and they try and resolve things. Now they use the court, they might say, well, I'm going to make an application for custody. But they really want to resolve it. They don't want to put it to the judge, because they don't know what the judge is necessarily going to do. And um that's and so I think collaborative law really pays off where both sides are trying to find what the resolution is.
1: And that, that's a pretty a newer movement as well, collaborative family law. Like I, I, I'm, I ran into, a, it was a client, we did some work together and, um, and, and what she described, and she'd be really fun to have on this as well at some point, um, she described as a lawyer for her what was hard when she was you know, kind of going you know, to court was it was just draining her personally because the need to be I mean put in words in her mouth probably but the need to be adversarial and just saying that there's a better way to do this, and and it had took a real personal toll on her to the point where she shifted her whole practice, which would take a lot of courage, to this collaborative family law, you know in you know kind of early days and um, you know and, and there's a specific training like mediation that goes along with that type of law if, if I'm if I'm correct if I if I understand
3: it correctly that. Or you can you can certainly get training in collaborative family law, but you can also you know do it. And a lot of lawyers, you know, the first thing they do is they set up a meeting where all, the two clients are present, the two lawyers are present, and they um, they try and assess out the situation and uh, and do it early because it's amazing how litigation can get people carried away and they start going down that track and they have a hard time coming back to the the mediation track.
2: Mm. <clears throat> taking that step back that step off the dance floor to say all right what's what's really going on here there's there's
1: another interesting thing I was hoping we could talk about um and by the way
3: if I can interrupt dave <laughs> uh, and I know I've done this before in the, in our lives but uh, but there <laughs> th- there there are other advantages to mediation because you can do things in mediation that you can't do in court like mediation's a process it's a confidential process you can admit your side's entirely wrong and try and get a resolution, but you still have the right to go to court at the end of the day if you don't get an agreement, and, and you're not bound by the evidence. In other words, it's a confidential process. We call it settlement privilege, but you know it's a confidential process, and there are really advantages to allowing people to, to get down and make the compromises that should be made without having to give up their right to go to court and say you know, that nobody can raise the issue that you made that admission at mediation. I mm. did not know that. Um,
1: I, was gonna, people, I was going to say, um, the other thing that I thought think might be interesting is, um, you know, your work with, um, like, and it's a you know, really important topic, especially now with Indigenous communities and, you know, incorporating some of the, the practices um, or, or making allowances. And, and, and I don't know the full extent of this, Dad, but like the idea of, of um acknowledging like a healing circle and these sort of things like you know i'd love to talk about that because i also believe like weirdly emily that some of this some of the stuff that i learned you know learned and i'm a layman um but it really kind of connects what i would call like you know kind of the
3: coaching the coaching competency or coach approach right
2: Mm -hmm. yeah speak to
1: that a little bit dad
3: well i i think that's true and in the yukon um boy they were before i became a judge the judges there were leaders in the whole concept of having healing circles to deal with you know criminal law aspects in small communities and everybody comes to the meeting and everybody has their say and um they're they're advantageous there are certain cases where i say that's not appropriate but um the other issue of course is you're you're generally dealing with communities that you know maximum 2000 people some down to 150 people. These people have to live with each other over the long term. So you, you want to resolve your disputes and learn methods of, uh, of resolution. Um, in the Yukon in particular, um, I, self-government is, a, is another topic, but 11 of the 14 First Nations in the Yukon have self-governed agreements. So they actually govern themselves to a large extent and um and so they run into governance issues and uh and those are really essential uh those governance issues to uh, to do them in, in a mediation fashion really essential rather than you know have an internal litigation dispute mm-hmm. uh anyways where i i don't want to go too far on that because i'm involved in some of
1: something. course but um but talk well and maybe you can describe what a healing circle is
3: well, the healing circle that was done in the, in the criminal context, not, not in my court that much, but in the, the lower court, the territorial court, was you get everybody in the community, anybody's invited to the meeting, and they, they sit around a, a large table and um, have discussions about you know the victim and, of course, the individual, the perpetrator, and, uh, and try and get a resolution for the community and for the two people involved in the incident. And uh, it, uh, it's, it's not um, carried on as much now as it was. It's an exhausting procedure. because you, you go on for a day or two with a lot of people in the community. Think of your little neighborhood where you live. And every time somebody does a B&E or, you know, assault somebody or something, you all have to get together and meet and resolve it. It's exhausting. You've got yeah. your own family to deal with, right? I would
1: shut down the perps right away. <laughs> 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 drag us into this. What, it, what, isn't that interesting, Emily? Like, I, I mean, I'm leading you here, but I, I found that, that fascinating as a, as a way to, to actually, you know, and I, and I believe it's like, you know, how things were done historically. Or are done, like, in some of these communities, like, long before there's a system that, that you know, is imposed, right?
2: Yeah, well, the, I mean, the, the time commitment that <laughs> you spoke of, Ron, to that, but the, the thinking of, and, um, you know, I kind of feel like Redderton is a smaller town or St. John is a smaller town. But yeah, when there is a dispute going on like that in a town of 150 people or 2,000 people, how impactful those disputes really are when there is no real resolution. If it is something where someone is right and someone was wrong, how how much um, harm that could potentially still carry forward.
3: So carry them on for a long time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Internally and externally. Yeah.
1: So you're, you're doing this now and you've, <laughs> you've run in a big marketing campaign and this is part of the promote. <laughs> We're joking because dad. It,
2: Does he have a sign that says vote handsome <laughs> Ron?
3: He could. Dad. Well, you, know, you know what's funny? Both my boys says, look, if you're going to do this, you better get serious about it. You know, get advertising. You know, send letters to everybody and recruit and blah blah blah. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And uh, and wow. you know, so so you're not as busy as you might be if you uh, had ads in the paper. But uh, you need
2: a sign, and Dave can show you here just the sign you need. Yeah. You can be a like father, like son. Yeah. Well, and that
1: you'll you'll recognize us now. I'm we're in Heminghouse Pictures, right? We're in their office. They've been, we we got a plug plug in for them. And this is what I found in the office. I believe it's Greg's office. Um, and now, now there's a story behind. Is this. he the guy? Well, he claims he. And now he's got the sitting in his office. Now he claims <laughs> this. This just showed up. And now this used to be a bigger sign. And the story behind it was, well, I'm I'm guilty of doing make, you know doing practical jokes on people on April Fools. And Dad, you were the recipient of that a few times. Um, and uh, and then I then I, I got it back bad, and it was where it was election going on, and and all out of the blue, I was the power actually went out that night, and out of the blue, I get a text message, this picture of all the political signs of that current election, and there's my sign up front, but this sign, not my sign, the whoever made this sign, so someone actually went out of the way to make the sign, and no one would own it, no one would own this, right? And I went out and I was like, Oh my gosh, as long like, this is totally embarrassing. And, you know, it's probably illegal maybe in some way. And I don't like, you know, when people are like, why would they put us, you know, anyone who knows me or who is that crazy guy? Um, so, um, so I went, I got my kids in the car and I went searching for this sign because it started to hit social media. And I was like, this is a total embarrassment. I don't want anyone to take, I want to take it down and get rid of this. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm driving around and I was pretty sure this person might be involved. and This person might be involved. And, My son says, Dad, what are we doing? Because we've been driving around for 20 minutes and he thought I was assessing this, the power being out. And I said, um, and and he was about, I don't know, nine at the time. I said, I said, well, I think so and so put the sign up and I'm just trying to find it. He goes, why don't you just call so and so? I said, well, I don't want him to know. He got me. And he goes, Dad, he got you. We've been driving for half an hour. (laughs) Like, I was like, oh, okay, you're right. That's a good point. Anyways, this is it showed up, Dad. So there you go. So oh I, wow!
2: I feel like there's some connection to, to Greg. I think so. Oh man! Yeah, but, I can um, judge. Ron could get to the bottom of it. Yes. Yeah, no. well, might need a little
3: mediation. mediation there. A little mediation.
2: <laughs> we gotta <laughs> hire you, Dad. We gotta I'm hire. Dying you.
1: My fee. Yeah, I have heard this. It's uh, so. Um, <laughs> but for someone, someone who might be listening to us and interested in talking to you about this topic or or working with you or whatever, or um, how would you, how would they get a hold of you?
3: I guess they have to call you, Dave. Okay,
1: so call Dave at, Vision Coaching and I'll, Dave at VisionCoachingInc.com, and I will vet it for you, Dad. So he's not giving you his email address. I, I, a, I, I,
3: I'm, only, I'm only in the Yukon, so that's my jurisdiction. Know, we're, we're, I'm we're, not, we're, not going to New Brunswick. <laughs> we're talking to the guy. We were talking Although about I have to I sh- I should say you raise an interesting issue because here we are on Zoom and uh Zoom is um quite effective in mediation and uh, it's being used by all the uh, professional mediators across the country and a lot of mediators uh prefer Zoom it's um you know uh, I I find it I find it difficult but um but you know when I, when I look at this small meeting um you can see why it why it works when when people are comfortable with it. So if they're comfortable with the technology, it's really fabulous and uh, it's being used across the country.
1: I think that was a subtle pitch, but that's that's good. So he he can be available outside of the Yukon as well. (laughs) Yep.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of that.
1: Oh yeah. Just
3: look for
2: Ron on Zoom.
1: (laughs) Email me and touch base with me if you want to know more. Um, So um, takeaways for you, Emily.
2: The takeaways are the, well, for one, the, the power of mediation and that um, change can happen. And, Ron, it is um, encouraging for me to hear from you, who has been a part of the legal system for so long, yet still looking at ways to change it for the greater good of people.
3: Oh, absolutely. Thank you.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um No, well, I I really, I really appreciate you sharing. I didn't realize your experience, Emily, and and that just it's it's so perfect to have this topic and you describe your experience. And I would just hope that anyone listening to this might be, you know, avoiding um, a legal proceeding of some sort or concerned about contacting someone. Maybe they're armed with a little more information, and um, you know, they could go and ask, you know, a lawyer. uh, You know, could you could you mediate this on my behalf? Or find find lawyers who do you know who, do, who believe in this work because not it's not everyone I I don't think that um, that you know understands the mediation process um, and it's just fun to have have you on, Dad. Um, it's uh, thank you for coming on and sharing sharing your wisdom and you've been very kind to me. You haven't been slicing me apart here, so that's always <laughs> good. And I well, well to-
3: Dave, you've been asking me to do this for twenty years, and I thought well, finally I could do it. And of course, I wanted to meet Emily. That was the real reason. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and John, Viam, and John Viam, <laughs> behind the scenes yes, um no yeah. um, well, and it helps that you're
1: retired because it's kind of hard to have this conversation while you're acting yeah yeah okay well um and i just actually the, other, the last thing i'll just mention is man that, that backdrop you have is pretty amazing so well done on the set there that you've got behind you
2: and to the yeah, listeners can... don't forget about handsome ron
3: <laughs> hey! Don't, don't start well, that. Don't start. Yeah, that. They're, they're, don't get in my car. Yeah,
1: we, <laughs> we, we, the famous line was in grade six when, when my campaign manager, when I thought I wanted, I thought I might enter into politics. It was school politics, obviously, and it was the last time I ever went into any kind of election. But was, don't be stale. Vote for Vale, and uh, <laughs> it was the winning call. So, um, all right. Ronald Dale, thanks so much. Uh, Jean Viev is going to do this this piece that we have, we need to do. Thanks, Jean Viev. Thanks, Emily. And-
2: Dave, I yeah. think we're uh, and Dave, John, I yeah. think we're forgetting something before Jean Viev comes off and and gives you in, in trouble. Just want to make sure you you got all your T's crossed and i's. I Think so. I, forget I She's co she's co moderator. So yeah, Jean Viev, he's got it. I think he's got everything. Why was he
0: forgetting that I forgot?
2: No, I was just making sure. I was just giving him a chance before you, uh, before your feedback. I mean, I said I I thought maybe he was going
0: to try and do the, you know, show off for his dad and try and do the spiel. But I guess it's not happening. I I feel like if uh, Ron listened to this once, he'd maybe be able to just get it
1: on the first go. But we can we can record him later doing this, and we we can
0: record him later doing it. So So if you (laughs) know. Not yet. We're going to do one last piece, which is we're going to tell everybody that they have to head over to the website to the BoilingPointPodcast.com if they want to find out more episodes uh, and find out more information. Um, They can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube and Twitter if they'd like to connect with us. They can listen on any of their favorite podcast platforms and they can share, like, subscribe there. And then if they want to check out the videos, uh, they can see them on YouTube and Facebook. And Damn. we'll have to give Ron all the times that Dave has told stories before on the podcast about him. I'll have to make him a, a highlight reel. Maybe that'll be a special release.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. All good stuff. All good stuff. All right. Thanks so much. Bye,
2: everyone. Thank you, Thank you Ron. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Thanks for Bye. You.
0: Thanks for listening to the Boiling Point Podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate our podcasts on your favorite listening platform. To find out more, head to our website at boilingpointpodcast.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. To find out more about Dave Vale's work, head over to visioncoachinginc.com. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out our next conversation.
1: I'm Matt Cundall, host of the Sound Off podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.